Um, for some reason, I can't remember where, where people were talking about favorite scriptures. One of my favorites is 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, which says this. It says, um, uh, up to this point <clears throat> has the Lord helped us. Up to this point has the Lord helped us. And um, as Samuel uh, sees kind of the past, in fact, in um, Te Reo Māori, the way you talk about the past is ingara o mua, and mua means in front. So those days that can be seen, has the Lord helped us in the past? We don't know what's coming. You know, we don't know the future, but we can see the past. And as Samuel looked at uh, what had happened to Israel and all those ups and downs and uh, victories and failures, he could see, as Courtney was talking about, the faithfulness of the Lord and the goodness of God. Yeah. So um, thinking of our 25 years as a church, and we've only been here 10 of those, uh, up to this point has the Lord helped us. Amen. And this is our very last uh, message on Romans. We started, I think it was about March, I think it was in lockdown. And um, I remember January, eh, 1st of January, we were on the beach, and it was a um, celebration of, of Scripture, eh? Remember that? Um, and, and I felt the Lord say, we'll do Romans. So we're doing Romans. We've done Romans. Last one of Romans. Romans chapter 16, and it's verses 17 to 27. We're going to show a, um, uh, a picture first, and it's uh, of the, it's a painting, it's the 17th century painting of the Apostle John. And it came through the writings of um, Irenaeus. Irenaeus uh, was discipled by a man named Polycarp, who was discipled by John the Apostle. So, um, you know, third generation. And he wrote this book called Against Heresies in the Second Century. And so he tells of this uh, story of John, that one day John went into a public uh, bathhouse. And in that bathhouse was this uh, very well-known false teacher called Sorinthus. And when um, John was in the bathhouse, and as soon as he saw that Sorinthus was there, apparently he said these words, Let us fly, lest even the bathhouse fall down, because Sorinthus, the enemy of truth, is inside. <laughs> Let us fly, lest even the bathhouse fall down, because Sorinthus, the enemy of truth, is inside. And that's how um, petrified the early church leaders were of false teaching and false teachers, that the, the Apostle John would just skedaddle out of a public swimming pool because this false teacher was in the vicinity. And so we're going to look at uh, that 
partly today. Romans 16, 17 to 25. Let's read that. Romans 16, verses 17 to 25. Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Turn away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of a naive. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you greetings, as do Lucius, Jason, Sosipata, my fellow countrymen. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who has hosted me and all the church, sends you greetings. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you greetings, as does our brother Cortus. Now to him, who is able to strengthen you by my gospel and by the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery concealed for ages past, but now revealed and made known through the writings of the prophets by the command of the eternal God in order to lead all nations to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And verse 21 to 23, there's more greetings. Last week it was all greetings. All greetings. I think 26 names. Um, so we're not going to go there. Not going to do greetings. We're going to do two other shans. Two other shans. One happy one, one sad one. And the first one is the sad one. It's distractions. Verse 17, distractions, divisions, obstacles, false teachings, deceptions. Verse 18, manipulations. And if you think about where that's come from, what that follows, whoa, it's a bit in your face. That's abrupt. Verse 16, greet each other with a brotherly kiss. Well, that's lovely. That's, that's really nice. And then... Whoa, all this other stuff. Watch out. Turn away from those that deceive. They divide. They're egotists. They're evil. Whoa, where did that, that black cloud come from? The darkness. Where's the sun gone? It's got cold. You see, false teaching was such a huge problem in that early church. They were petrified of it. Huge problem in the first century. And can I suggest, I think it's, it is, and it's going to continue to be a problem in the 21st century. Verse 18, by smooth talk and flattery they deceive. And uh, false teachers in general are incredible communicators. They're smooth talkers. They can have you spellbound. They, often, you know, they don't even need notes. Uh, they write great books, and they're funny, and they're witty, and they string words together. 
like you just wouldn't believe. You know, there's, there's not much new under the sun. Here's another picture. This guy is called Arius, and he was born, we're not exactly sure, either 250 or 256, but we know he died in 336. So he was either 80 or 86 years old when he died. Arius, he claimed that God the Father alone was God, so he didn't believe in the Trinity. Arius said that Jesus didn't possess the qualities of the divine, of the immortal, of sovereignty, of perfect wisdom, of goodness, of purity, and he didn't pre-exist. He said that Jesus didn't pre-exist, but that um, the the Spirit of God came on him uh, at a time and then left him. Arius said that Jesus was a created being, not there right at the beginning. He says, like, it's sort of like Jesus was a divine hero, says Arius, but of lower rank than God. And people loved it. This is more in line as the pagans were thinking. And he was a persuasive preacher, um, circulated his ideas and songs and ditties. And the dock workers and the street sellers, they loved it. And they it got into, you know, you know, when you hear an advertisement on TV, it was like that. It gets into your head. And so it spread. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive even the hearts of a naive. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. A few years ago, we had a um, one of the worship team and our worship leader, Caleb, bless him, said, um, have you noticed what's happening um, when so-and-so leads the worship? When he has um, Jesus in the words, he will cover the microphone. He doesn't like to worship Jesus. Oh, no, I haven't. And Oh, no, that's not good. And so we had a talk, but he was adamant that God was way up there and Jesus was lower. I said, no, actually, buddy, we, we worship Jesus. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. They flatter, they make you feel good about yourself, but sometimes with a sinister motive to get hold of you. And and Galatians says the same. Um, Galatians says um, they want to alienate you from us. So how do you sift through possible deception? Uh, uh, The problem in the Roman church was this. They were very obedient, which is fantastic, very obedient. But the dark side of the obedience is, and they were renowned for it. Everyone's heard of it. Everyone's heard of your obedience, verse 19. The bad side of that is they were gullible. They had a tendency to believe everything, obey everything. You know, please, please don't um, swallow everything. Don't swallow every teaching you hear or every teaching you can download that calls itself Christian. Some of it out there is false teaching. You know, don't be like seagulls. You know, a seagull will see a herring and and will eat it even if it's got a hook in. (laughs) Um, You know, some of that false teaching has hooks in it. Smells, looks like the real thing, but it can cause problems. So there's two types of obedience. There's blind obedience and there's discerning obedience. Be obedient, yes, but discerning obedience. And um, a, 
a challenge of our day is information is so much easier to get these days from everywhere. You can download anything and everything. So we need discerning obedience. We really, really do. Came across this. This is fantastic. I'll take a photo of this if you can. So three tests, and this is from John Stott, the um, passed away now, the late scholar and English priest, um, John Stott. Three tests of teaching. Does it align with Scripture? Does it align with Scripture? Verse 17 and 25 talks about Scripture. Arianism that followed Arius. As a church, fathers debated this teaching. They were aware that Jesus actually had always existed. In the beginning, what? God. In the beginning was God. And God was in the beginning. And then he dwelt among us. Does it align with Scripture? Does it glorify the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it promote goodness? Does it align with Scripture? Does it glorify the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it promote goodness? And realize the wicked origin of false teaching. It's not just an alternative reality, but verse 20, it's from Satan. God will crush Satan to obtain peace. False teaching, it's not harmless and interesting. It's harmful. It's destructive. It's from the enemy. Be careful. It's not harmless. And once you have discerned, you might need the second D, distance. Verse 17 says this. Turn away from them. Avoid them. The apostle John, he fled from Serinthus, horrified by the potential harm that could come from false teaching. Uh, English Standard Version, avoid them, NIV and good news. Keep away from them, New Living Translation. Stay away from them, the message, by, uh, the message Bible. Give these people a wide berth. We need discerning obedience. Distance. Someone um, gave us a DVD of their new beliefs as they entered a cult. Wanted us to have a look at it. I just threw it in the bin. Distance. You know, about every, probably about every couple of years, someone will send me an email and they'll, often they'll have questions and they're, they're trying to pick a, a theological fight, want a, want a theological wrestle. And I'll say, well, actually, we're pretty, I'll reply to this like, we're pretty standard, we're pretty orthodox, you know, believe in God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and Bible and church and come and have a look. You know, see if you think it's you. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to waste my time trading emails, going backwards and forwards about little points. Not going to have nah. distraction. Distraction. Nehemiah six one to ten. Nehemiah had completed the the building, rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem. And Sambalat was an enemy of Nehemiah um, all through that. And, and, and as God was working through Nehemiah, Sambalat was just against him, against him, against him. And he, um, chapter six, he says this, come, let us meet together, Nehemiah, one of the villages on the plain of, um, Ono. 
And Nehemiah says, but they were planning to harm me. So I sent messages to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should I stop the work while I leave it to go down to you? In other words, I'm not going to get distracted by you. Distractions. Titus 3 verse 10. Paul writing to Titus who had uh, he'd left in charge of uh, churches on the island of Crete. says this, Want a divisive person once, want him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. Some people, yes, some people are curious and searching, but there are others that are just wittingly crazy makers. Distraction comes from the Latin. It means um, this apart and traher to drag, to drag apart. Distractions. And all of, all this is Paul, as Paul finishes off the huge letter. Distraction is not their calling as believers. Distraction was not their destiny. They were not to be distracted, dragged away. No. God had another shone for them, a fantastic shone, an amazing shone. And it was the nations, not distractions, but the nations, the nations. That is our calling. Not the distractions, but the nations. Uh, Ethne, verse 26, so that, as John prayed, so that our people from all nations might believe and obey. Believe and obey from all nations, all people. Nga iwi katoa, nga tangata katoa, nga reo katoa, all nations. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans begins and ends with the gospel. Romans 1.16. God's power to save. And Romans Right at the end, uh, 16, God's power to establish, to strengthen, to remain. It's like our bookends, you know, keep your books on the shelf. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel's power to save, the gospel's power to strengthen and to remain and to establish. One Corinthians fifteen one to three, Corinthians like Romans has sixteen chapters right near the end. Paul uh, from Greece says similar sort of thing. Of first importance, the gospel. Not saying it's the only thing. Other things are important, but of first importance. Listen to this, one Corinthians fifteen verses one to three. Now, brothers. I want you to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand firm. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. For what I received to you, I passed on to you as of first importance, 
that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Our vision as a church, as part of the vineyard movement, to, is to be disciples and to make disciples. It's not just getting scalps, but growing in depth of faith and relationship with the Lord. Uh, we started, never start, March, I think, 2020. We're ending now in June, Romans. Romans 1, chapter 1, 1 verse 16. Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Ka hori o ki te ronga pai, ko te kaha hoki e o te atua mō ngā tangata katoa e whakapono ana. Not, a, not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for all who believe. Romans 16:25 Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ na tikaha nei te atua ki te whakau is established yakota irunga ingaritinga o taku rongopai o te kofa tanga hokio ihu kraiti The book ends. The power to save and the power to remain, to strengthen, to establish. Fakaora and the fakau. Amen. The gospel, the nations, not the distractions. The nations. Amen. Amen. Bless you.